Tim Graham and Friends is brought to you by CTBK, CPAs and business consultants. CTBK is a leading accounting firm with a growing team of accountants and business consultants with roots in Amherst, New York. CTBK pairs every project with a focus on a human connection between its team and the client for assurance, accounting, taxes, litigation support, and advice on mergers and acquisitions, CTBK is available and ready to solve any issue your business faces. For a consultation or to request a quote, call 716-630-2400. Again, that's 716-630-2400. CTBK, over a quarter century of proven accounting and business excellence for Western New York and beyond. And here on Tim Graham and Friends, brought to you by CTBK, CPAs and Business Consultants, is Larry Fole. And that might be the last time I refer to him as Larry Fole, because otherwise it's just too confusing. Everybody knows him as, well, there's, there's things you are known by, the narcissist, the total package. You've had a few aliases over the years, but most notably... Lex Luger, former professional wrestler, former NFL player, former USFL player. Um, CFL? Yeah, CFL, yeah, CFL most notably, I think. Two colleges. Um, Keep on right. going. Penn State, <laughs> University of Miami, <laughs> the pride uh, of Orchard Park High School. That's uh, right. Lex Luger. South. Right, Will South for a little bit for a cup of coffee. That's right. No um, grass going under my feet. Lex Lewis. So we'll call you Lex on here. I know that we've had, uh, when we sit down at Panera for coffee, you're Larry. I've known you as Larry. Um, you and we have had these discussions a handful of times over the years. You know I didn't really grow up with pro wrestling, although I have a respect for it and the culture. And uh, really, it's a fascin I find it fascinating. Um, so as you've learned about me and I've learned about you, I, Lex Luger was a name in, in, that was in the ether, you know, like, uh, like so many other celebrities uh, back in the day for me. I got to know Larry Full um, at Panera having coffee. That's right. And uh, so, but, well, well, we'll tell people about Larry Full who drinks coffee at Panera and would always bring one back for mom. Uh, and, uh, but people don't know who that is. So you're going to be Lex Luger. That's my long windup for let's setting, a, I'm setting my own, my own personal ground rules here. You set the um, stage well, Tim. Sounds yes. good. So Lex Luger coming from, uh, are you in, uh, Williamsville right now? I'm in Atlanta right now with oh, mom. Okay. Yeah. Are you with her right now? I'm bouncing back and forth. Okay, great. So, yeah. Your mom is uh, in a senior uh, uh, assisted living facility in Atlanta, doing well. Yes. Um, and uh, it's great that you're able to visit her, uh, unlike uh, some of the rules here in, in New York. Um, I wanted to have you on because uh, Mick Foley wrote a very nice essay at webisjericho.com, Chris Jericho's website, in which he stated the case for Lex Luger to be in the WWE Hall of Fame, and it's something that we've talked about before, and I know you're, well, 
as of a year ago, I knew your feelings on it, uh, but I just thought it's a good occasion to check back in with you, see how you're doing. And um, so how you doing? I'm doing great. Enjoying my time bouncing back and forth. I always just got back from visiting mom. And like I told you, she's doing well. She's complaining about everything. She's in a beautiful place. My sister works there. We've had great interaction with her, which we're very thankful for. Most people can't. Even in Georgia here, it's still very restrictive. So uh, I just was able to go inside and visit my mom. Uh, just just got back from there. So uh, I'm, we're just thrilled about that. And she's doing real well. So uh, but I'm kind of bouncing back and forth from Atlanta to Buffalo now. So the tale of two states. Uh, are you at your sister's house right now? I am not. I'm at a friend's house. Oh, okay. And the reason yeah. I ask is the decor behind you does not seem as though it would fit with the <laughs> Lex Luger. Uh, it's motif. not my place. <laughs> I'm, a guest in a, I'm a guest in a friend's kitchen. <laughs> although there are uh, probably some jokes. Flowers to be and made. roosters everywhere. Yeah, there are some jokes to be made about the roosters, maybe, <laughs> and how Lex Luger was viewed uh, oh, back in the day. Um, I did. I staged that just for you, Tim. I picked this room. I knew you'd love the flowers <laughs> and the roosters. <laughs> um, what happens when you see an article like the one that Mick Foley wrote uh, and people bring up the highlights of your career um, and the perspective, you know, you lived all those things, but to read them all in one place by somebody who uh, is highly respected in the craft, um, what is, what's that like? Well, it's very, uh, I was very surprised. Nick had mentioned something to me. We ran an event a few years ago. We both uh, are ambassadors now for WWE. And he said, I, mean, I want to write a, an article on you. He's like a New York Times bestseller guy. So I'm like, wow, Nick, I really know what to say. I kind of said, well, well thank you. And uh, nothing came of it. And I just said, well, whatever. And uh, yeah, he put one out there and announced it. And uh, he's, he's, of course, he's very eloquent. And uh, it was very well written and said a lot of kind things, kind of went through my, my in-ring merits, so to speak, like to make the case kind of the way Nick does things, you know. And so uh, I was very, very, got a very nice response from most of the fans. And it, it, was, it was very, very nice to make. A couple of the bullet points, uh, just to throw it out there, and uh, I'm sure uh, Jonah and Matthew uh, would like to ask about your career too, but uh, just while we're talking about uh, Mick's uh, essay and a couple of points when I wrote my story in which I laid out your career there's a couple of cool things in here that I hadn't realized that are really kind of markers on your fame wow um, and Tim my, everybody read your, your uh, article on me said you are very thorough so that's saying something yeah I think maybe in some cases I was more thorough than people would have liked uh, but <laughs> It was a great article, too. But I understand. Yeah, and thank you. And I know, and it makes it easy that you understand also. I do. That you don't take it personally. Um, and maybe we'll talk about a couple of those things, um, if you'd like. But um, a couple of mixed points that he made. Um, and, of course, these I also had my story. A member of the Four Horsemen. Uh, your feud with Ricky Steamboat. Those epic mat matches with Ric Flair. The Lex Express. Uh, pinning Yokozuna on the USS Intrepid. Um, I should say body slamming. Um, 
headlining WrestleManias, which generally you, you headline a WrestleMania, you're pretty much automatically in the Hall of Fame uh, with the exception of, of you. And, uh, but the one cool thing, um, and Sports Illustrated is, is used this way too, or at least it used to be, you appeared on the cover of Pro Wrestling Illustrated 19 times over your career. Mick Foley makes it a point to mention that his career was roughly around the same time as yours. He's in the Hall of Fame. He was on the cover of Pro Wrestling Illustrated twice. Um, and so that's no, that, that's no barometer of maybe how, whether or not you're Hall of Fame worthy. But in a sport in which it's all about the image and the popularity and how much money you're going to make for the industry, to be on the cover of Pro Wrestling Illustrated 19 times in a, in a 10 year span is pretty amazing. Mm. I mean, I, did you realize that? No, I, I read it differently. I think he said I headlined 19 pay-per-views, but I could be wrong. And uh, he headlined 10. I don't know if you did or not. That's the way I read it, but I, I kind of glanced through it. it Might've been uh, cause I, man, the, they used to have those pro wrestling illustrated covers everywhere. I, I actually would have thought, not bragging, but there would have been dozens and dozens of magazine covers that I, because I sign them all the time at events. Well, when fans bring stuff here to sign, but I could be wrong. Oh, I got to look a little more. That close. Sounds all right. right. I, I don't know the exact numbers, but I would Mundane say. Mundane point, though, really. really. To be honest with you, Tim, it was really nice to make. And um, yeah, 19 times it says Lex appeared on the PWI cover 19 times during the course of his career, putting him up there with the elite cover boys of. Hulk Hogan, Flair, Sting, the Road Warriors, uh, Randy, the Macho Man, Savage. And then you were also, coincidentally, 19 headlining pay-per-views. Oh, wow. Okay. It's the same number for both. So we were both right. Yes, we were. <laughs> I didn't read that part about the magazines. That's interesting. That's pretty cool. But really, uh, the response uh, was interesting on social media that I saw, um, most of the fans were, well, wait a second, he's not already in? <laughs> they were, most of, most of the, uh, a lot of the fans already thought I was already in. I thought, I thought that was an interesting uh, response that a lot of them were like, what, what do you mean, he's not in already? So that, that, was, that was an interesting response that I didn't expect. What do you think about the Hall of Fame? Um, anybody that's in it, um, it's a huge honor, of course. Um, almost every big name from my era is, uh, has been or, or will be in, uh, hopefully someday myself as well. Um, we're not sure uh, what all the merits that they, and criteria they look at, um, but um, it would be wonderful to be in someday. Uh, Tim, you know my feelings on it. Be, I'd be honored and It'd be, a, it'd be a huge deal, and um, someday maybe. Uh, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't hopeful that someday I would. But if, but if I don't, I don't. You know, uh, I don't think it changes uh, my 15-year career all that much. Uh, but uh, it, it would definitely be nice, for sure. I would agree with what Mick Foley wrote, and I think a lot of wrestling fans would say that Lex is probably the biggest star that's not in that Hall of Fame. There's a lot of people going in or have gone in lately that I don't think reached the same heights 
that his career did in the late 80s and the early 90s. That's arguable. But when people put those lists, I mean, that's one of the names that's near the top. I wanted to Maybe you're saving the best for last. Yeah, maybe. I main event. Maybe you're going to main event. <laughs> <laughs> but I was curious because you know, I pay attention to some of these things, and I noticed you got – or the WWE Network has a documentary coming out at some point, uh, an icon series that you – it seems like you worked with them a little bit on that. And I find that oh, yeah. sometimes people go in the Hall of Fame when they're doing business with the company because it's not the type of Hall of Fame that they vote people in. There's no committee. It usually – it's about promoting WrestleMania and the Hall of Fame event. So I thought maybe that was going to happen this year. What, what's your current relationship with the company? And, you know, do you think that could lead to an induction at some point? Um, they definitely like you to be under contract, the company, because they put you on their 2K games and merchandise and have you do, which is what I do, a, a lot of the fan interaction type events. Uh, a lot of people like to meet the legends at events that they have which is what I do with them. I've been under contract with them for six years, approximately. I'm under contract with them, I think, for another four. I just renewed a five-year deal. So I am under contract with them, which I think would definitely be a positive that they would like. It's not, a, I don't think, I think some of the guys that have been in the Hall of Fame were necessarily under contract with them. I, I definitely think they probably prefer that. For sure, they're doing a, the icons thing is huge. It's, they do a really good job on those. And they spent, days here uh filming a lot of that stuff and interview a lot of my family and friends and other wrestlers so uh I, I look forward to seeing that when they come out with that i think it's going to come out later this year <clears throat> are they you always do, to... they always do a great job on that oh yeah the yokozuna one was great mm -hmm. and it looks like uh from the trailer that the years will be pretty and they talk about everything well. the good and the bad but they but they, do, they always do a wonderful really good job on it are you able to talk about any of these documentaries, I know that, you know, they obviously want to roll them out and promote them at their, uh, at their pace. Uh, so are right. you, are you limited as to what you can say about your, um, about your documentary? Um, they've already trailered it that it's coming. Uh, they haven't announced the day yet. I don't know the day. Um, they're also, I think are, are maybe doing something else, kind of a more, uh, another piece on the career of Lex Luger as well. I'm not sure when or if they're going to put all that together as well. So they're definitely doing, uh, I've always been you know, on their 2K games since I came under contract with them, uh, but, uh, and done a lot of fan interactive events with them and for them. But uh, this would be a, a, a definitely a kind of, they're kind of ramping it up. Maybe a precursor, right? Yeah, maybe. Paved the way for a Hall of Fame, maybe. Who knows? What's it like to work with the WWE when you're not active as opposed to when you were? And there's, there's an obvious difference in terms of you're wrestling versus not wrestling, but in terms of the dynamic or, or is there anything notable in, in, in that, that, that stands yeah, we, out to you? Weekends only. We're home a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> I was at the, we were at, they still travel a lot on the road over 200 days a year. We were on the road more than 300 days a year. So yeah, my, the stuff I do now is like on weekends here and there. So yeah, it's, that's the big difference for sure. And no bumps, not going through tables or anything just on cement floors. Yeah. That big difference there as well. What? All right. So this is a discussion I've had with retired football players and boxers. 
And I, maybe I should have asked you this question when we did the, the story. Um, when you dream about wrestling, because when you've done something so much that you have and you're in great things that are drilled into you from work, the workouts and all the stuff, what are those like? When I'm, I'm assuming you, you have dreams occasionally that you're in the ring. Or maybe you're you're on your way to, or you haven't prepared. Maybe it's like the 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 difference of uh, uh, you've you have a college exam coming up and you haven't attended class all all semester or whatever. Do you have any recurring wrestling? Well, not any recurring like over and over again, but yeah, definitely when I when my mind wanders back, either conscious or un unconsciously. Um, just I guess I, I've got a new thermostat uh, now and uh, it's fortunately for me a lot of very fond memories the grueling part of the travel all the stuff that sometimes when you're in the midst of it you can focus on if you're not careful um, the uh, another things that go along with that um, I just uh, have kind of a rewind of a lot of the great times with my friends that I still have from the business on the road together outside of the ring a uh, lot, lot of that pops up and uh, cherish memories on that and some of the some of the in-ring stuff with the crowds. And uh, once in a while, I'll see videos on uh, social media with the, with the crowd. And check out this response when Luger racked Hogan on live on Monday Nitro for the world title. And you'll watch it and go, wow. Because sometimes when you're in the midst of things, um, for me personally, I acquired, I became more of a fan and acquired a much greater, greater appreciation post-wrestling than I did when I was in the midst of it and the kind of the grind, so to speak, of making scoring from city to city and, and trying to eat and maintain my workouts and all that kind of thing. Uh, so for me, uh, yeah, I definitely go back. Uh, when I have dreams, it's all about the uh, fortune for me, a lot of the good stuff, Tim, <laughs> but not one specific thing. But yeah, I, I tend to have a lot of great memories and uh things like that come up for sure i have dreams of uh me playing high school football again this is a recurring mm. dream i have it's kind of embarrassing um but i'm my current age and i'm out there and i think to myself man i'm gonna dominate because i've you know i weigh 40 pounds more and I know what there I'm doing go. out here and then i i run about two pass routes and i'm and i curl up in a fetal position Ah, pull and, a hamstring. Uh, yeah, yeah, I got the I got the gut because back we played in you know I played in the '80s when we had those half those mesh. You probably did too. The mesh and we cut oh, them yeah. off so you'd have you know your belly would you know be there and oh yeah, but my gut hangs out over my my pants the whole hey, thing. Tim, you remember that Tim? You remember that disastrous rollout? The NBA had all the legends playing at the All Star game and half <laughs> the guys went down in the first quarter. Yeah. Oh my gosh, they ixnayed that so fast. Because the guys are so, us guys are so competitive, and then we, we get out there, but our bodies don't work the same anymore. It was that was crazy. I'll never forget that. I was like, oh my gosh, this is a disaster. And we all wanted to see the guys, but fans like to remember us as we were in our prime, as far as like on the court or on the field or in the ring. So uh, I'm a I'm a big advocate that for a lot of the guys, some guys can wrestle, they they hold up better their bodies than others can wrestle, you know, late, much later on in life. But, uh, 
but the fans like to see guys when they can still move good and 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 they, they like to see the guys that way in my opinion what do you think about staying in some of these other guys from your era still being active and you know there's been more activity from those guys in the AD, AEW company of late I think it's first of all amazing if they can still move around like that um of course I have a concern on on the bumps as as we get older as far as injuries for them but if they want to do it, and I, I also like it. I like it when they don't make them the feature. They use them to bring kind of the old school wrestling generation, which is enormous. The dads that watch with their kids now and stuff, they watched us. It's, if they can blend it right storyline-wise, I think it's really neat. And don't make them the deal and use them to enhance all the up-and-coming stars, the current stars. I, I enjoy it. It's not everybody's company. I think it's great. As long as they can still, like, like I said, move around okay. Lex, what do you think about when you think about your USFL days? What do I think? What, what pertaining to my USL? USFL? What do you think about when you think back on your few years in the USFL? I'm always curious about that, that time in pro football history, such a unique league. Well, I played down because my rights were from University of Miami where, uh, owned by the Tampa Bay Bandits was, was with uh, bandit ball with coach Spurrier. He was just starting out in his historic head coaching career, basically. And he made, he, it was a blast. We outdrew the, the Buccaneers at that stadium there in Tampa. It was huge and um, a lot of fun. Then I got traded the Memphis showboats with Pepper Rogers, who was a riot. He used to call off practice on hot days halfway through. You have, uh, beer and barbecue waiting for the guys off the side of the field. I mean, he was a nut. So I, I had two very unorthodox, you had fun coaches. So USFL for me, I got to play with Reggie White. I used to practice against Reggie every day, which wasn't fun. Reggie was even all out in practice, but it was, uh, but now it's like, I used to practice against Reggie White right across from me every day. So, and when I was at Memphis, so um, a lot of great memories. I love the USFL. It, it was fun. I, w- I wish the league could have gone on a little bit longer because at my stage of my career, I was I played like seven years and wrestling was kind of calling me at the time. And rather than try to get in with the, all that glut of good talent from USFL and try to get on with a NFL team again, I went right into wrestling. Obviously, it turned out to be a, a good decision, but uh, I, I love the USFL. I thought I, I have great memories of that. For those who are watching on YouTube, they can see that you're wearing the Bills cap and the Bills sweatshirt. Oh, yeah. And uh, you have the Bills. That's not bad, man. I was born and raised with Bills. They were in 59. I was born in 58. I grew up with the Bills. Go, Bills. Hey, down in Atlanta here, it's crazy. I got the Bills plates on my car. And everywhere I go, I wear my hat. And, of course, go, Bills. We don't even stop. We just go by each other and go, go, Bills. It's there's a lot of Bills fans, people from Buffalo down here. Atlanta. There's a couple of uh, Buffalo restaurants of uh, people move down here and cook, do the beef on wick and the wings. And it's uh, there's a lot. I mean, since I've been back here with my mom in and out, I'm, I'm shocked at all the Bills fans. Down here. People are excited. Even non Bills fans, when they see my Bills paraphernalia down here in Atlanta, they're like, they're like, oh, man, your Bills. Every, they're, they're like all over it. So it's, it's, it's a great time to be a Bills fan again. Not so much for my Sabres, but that's, that's for another time. <laughs> Maybe not. Let's see. Uh, 
Oh, we need a new culture of Sabres, but like we've done with the Bills. If the Bagulas can do it with the Bills, we can do it with the Sabres. I'm very hopeful. Well, let's stick with the Bills because that's uh, – yeah. what, what are your thoughts on them? I mean, looking at them as a fan, you went through the 17 years of no playoffs, and as somebody who played the game um, and uh, just has an appreciation uh, for it, uh, I guess what does Lex Luger see when he watches the Bills on – Sundays and uh, I guess we don't just say Sundays anymore with these guys we have to say on Sunday nights and Mondays too yeah that's nice again isn't it for sure it's it's an exciting time like I said to be a Bills fan and um, I uh, to see the even the free agents that want to either resign with us and they come become free agents because they want to stay in Buffalo with the new culture that's here the new facility has been uh, primo now upgraded um, a lot of times back in the day when we didn't have more contenders, um, the guys didn't want to sign with Buffalo. Our facility wasn't in the upper tier uh, for the guys. But, man, the, the Pagoulas have really stepped it up with that. And uh, you can see that guys want to come. Free agents will take less money to stay in Buffalo. And kind of like, well, if I'm going to be a free agent and when the Bills weren't winning, it's kind of like, well, I don't know if I – we love Buffalo because we're – well, you're not from Buffalo, but Buffalonians, we love Buffalo. But if for the young NFL players that might grow up down south on the West Coast, they're thinking, I don't know if I want to go to Buffalo. And uh, they're not that good a team. But now people are coming to come in with Buffalo. The, the guys who stayed in Buffalo, had the Lunkers, Jim Kelly and that whole era, a lot of them stayed in Buffalo because they, they fall in love with Buffalo. It's hard not to with the people in the, t- in the city. But um, – it was hard to get free agents. So now we got guys staying. We, and we look at the draft. Um, the, our GM's done a great job. Uh, we, we're like uh, filling in depth and there aren't a lot of holes. Um, it's man. It's, it's, it's great to watch what's happened in a period of the last few years. What a transition and what a culture they've developed winning culture. What did you think was important to do in the off season? In the offseason? Yeah, meaning free agency. Well, we signed, Milano has re-signed some of our top guys, if possible. I know there's always cap considerations with all that. They've done, they've done a great job with that. And the draft will be interesting because we, we can fill in some uh, maybe a couple holes. I'd like to see a little bit more in our front seven. Um, uh, good down lineman, uh, you know, uh, another good linebacker. Um, I'd like to see another, another uh, run, uh, running back. Give Josh as many weapons as we can. So there's some areas that I, I think would be nice to add some depth or a couple key guys. And, uh, but uh, they've done a really nice job so far in the off season. I think, I don't know what you guys think. Well, I'll leave that up to Matthew. Matthew's been uh, covering a lot more closely than I have, but. Uh... Yeah, I think he nailed it. I mean, um, everything you talk about they came in kind of focused on bringing everybody back and trying not to mess up a good thing that they had going. And I think the point you made about the draft is the big one, you know, they're able to go into the draft and not be desperately trying to fill one spot. They can kind of let it, let it come to them and, and fill out some depth and get, you know, good, more good players. So yeah, they've set themselves up really well. I think, Um, you know, question is how much better have they gotten but you know sometimes staying around the same when you're already pretty good 
um, at least gives you a, a crack at it. You know, when, when it comes playoff time, obviously anything can happen if you have a team that can contend. What do you give him? I give him a B plus so far in the off season draft. I give him a B plus. I would have been nice. If we could have got Gronk bring the home boy back. What do you think about that? I heard we were, we made a run at Gronk there. Was it, was that, was that, was that true? Or was that just a rumor? Sounds like they made contact with him to check his price and mm. Gronk's camp put that out there to, you know, kind of boost his stock a little bit and, uh, and then make him. Oh, know, they use us for leverage. Yeah, and then oh, kind of make him seem man. like, seem like a hero to Tampa to say, you know, hey, uh, he took, he turned down an offer from the Bills to stay, yeah, play that with Tom sense. Brady and all that. But the fact that they were even kind of call, I mean, Brandon Bean calls around, checks on almost everybody, does his due diligence. But uh, the fact that that happened is kind of interesting. That was, uh, I don't know that he'll ever play with anybody but Tom Brady. But the fact that he's even picking up the phone when the Bills call is a, a big change from where this franchise was a few years ago. Brock's got to stay in Tampa so he can work WrestleMania next week, too. I think that might have been part of the deal. <laughs> That's right. Oh, my gosh. Brock loves wrestling. He's got great personality for it. How much – I, I want to say we've discussed this um, maybe years ago. Um, before I wrote the story about you, I think I asked you your thoughts on Rob Gronkowski and because uh, there was a you know, thought going around that he might want to leave the Patriots. And maybe it was when he retired the first time that he was going to get into wrestling. Uh, what's your scouting report on, on that? And I don't just mean Rob Gronkowski, but as somebody who is physically fit and has the athleticism, but what it takes to, to learn the trade and how long it would take for somebody like Rob Gronkowski to be passable uh, as a professional oh, I, wrestler. I, it's not easy, Tim, to do what we do. You want to get be able to do it safely for their benefit. But if they're athletic like these guys, that one guy on social media that was a – what was he, a, a punter? Um, he has a – Pat McAfee. I'm, I'm drawing a blank on his name, but he's big on, on a sports show on um, – um, he did a match and he was unbelievable. He only trained like a couple of weeks. Um, so it can be done like for a, it's great to keep those guys like a special interest match at Mania and a tag where they don't have to be super experienced and they can be in there with experienced guys. I love it when the athletes or uh, celebrities do it. If they, if they have some athleticism, I think it's great. And the fans love it. I think it's really, really good. But yeah, a guy with athleticism can learn the basics in a couple of weeks. I, I wrestled a match with, uh, with uh, Big Show against Hogan and Rodman. Dennis Rodman at the time was very popular. We went to a place in Tampa two days in the ring, and uh, he did great in the ring. He was like a, a real natural. So it, it can be done uh, definitely without too much work. There's a lot of wrestlers that – Played Great football. Gentleman. They might not have been real successful or real famous football players, but Roman Reigns was spent some time with the Vikings and, uh, you know, Bill Goldberg with the Atlanta Falcons. So there's a lot of wrestlers the Rock. that have NFL experience. Yeah, The Rock. And even I'm drawing blanks. Brian Pillman spent some time with the Bills before he was a wrestler. There's a lot of crossover between uh, people that start with football and move on to wrestling. Wahoo McDaniel. Oh, yeah. He was going way back from that one, but yeah. 
Ron that, Simmons, you guys played pro football together. Guy who's a, a, a large athletic guy for sure. It's, it definitely can be very helpful. Have you, you mentioned Dennis Rodman. Have you had other instances where you had a non-wrestler in the ring with you? And what that has to put a lot of pressure on the pros to carry the guy, you, no matter how much training or how athletic the guy is. What's that, uh, what's that experience like? Um, you still got me? Somebody tried to yeah, call you, in on my phone. Yeah, you came back in. You, you went blank okay, for a little sorry. bit. You came back in. No, no, that's all right. You're a popular fella. Go, ask me that again because I got my screen got taken right. over. My sister so what's trying it, to call me. What's the experience like for the professional when you have somebody in the ring, the non-professional, and you have to carry him, make sure he doesn't get hurt, uh, and also try to make the match look as as stylistic as possible? What's what's that experience like? Well, we definitely uh, talk over things before we go out there more than we might usually, and to make it easy for them. And we usually give them a few things to do in there that they're comfortable with and we feel confident they can do and don't give them too much where they have to add lib or something. So we definitely go over things beforehand more thoroughly and try to limit what they do in the ring when we bring them in and kind of have it laid out beforehand because experienced guys uh, can wing it in there, really. Call stuff in there and react to the crowd and respond to what we think the crowd wants to see. So a lot of what we do in the ring is, is uh, off the cuff, so to speak. But with a guy like that, you definitely want the match laid out more structurally and uh, less margin for error. More to make sure, of course, guys take care of them, get hurt either. So, uh, yeah, there's definitely more, more involved with that. You're definitely right about that. It's a good question. Did you ever have a particularly bad experience with one of those, whether it be maybe an, even an off-television match or – you know, I never had a bad experience. I mean, most of the guys that came in were the reason they're doing it. If they're a celebrity from Hollywood or another sport, they're fans and they're excited to be there to do it. So there's no real issues with them. The only, uh, sometimes the only guy you ever heard there is an issue with, he was a rapper from New Orleans. He was really big at the time. I'm, That's I'm, the P. Yeah. He, he wanted his own locker room apparently. And that's in the, in the, uh, New Orleans in, in the dome there, Mercedes Dome now. And so they had to cram like a TV. It was a big TV slash pay-per-view weekend. And they had to cram a bunch of the other guys in other locker rooms because he wanted, he wanted his own locker room. And the guys had to he had these stipulations in his contract. And uh, uh, the, the backstage guys were mad at him because he wanted peanut M&Ms. It was in his contract and they had to all be yellow. So I walked in the locker room and I go, hey, you can't come in here. I, I looked at the guy. I go, what are you doing? He was, he was putting all these yellow peanut M&Ms in a big glass bowl, picking them out of the other M&Ms. He goes, Master P wants only yellow M&Ms in his bowl. I was like, for real? He goes, yeah. <laughs> so <that's, laughs> since you brought it up, I'm not trying to bury Master P. He was, seemed like a nice enough guy. But whoever his agent was had some unusual demands of his own big locker room and his own and yellow peanut M&Ms. I, I don't know why I just thought of that when you brought it up, but there you go. That's the old Van Halen rider. They had a similar one where I think that they had, you had to remove all of a certain color of M&M. And really it's, it's not uncommon. Well, yeah, Master Lex. P wanted only yellow. 
Ellis, Yellows had to be extricated and put in a separate bowl, and the rest were, could be tossed or given away. Given to the homeless, maybe. There you but go. The, uh, that's actually a common rider in contracts, Lex, um, in, in the rock or in the music world. And what it does is it's a barometer to make sure that the, uh, the promoter or whoever's handling the event has looked at the contract. And so if they show up and they don't see the yellow M&Ms, that's their clue that there's other things that have, hey, aren't going to be. Yeah. So it's like a test. Somebody's trying to power wash the side of my house. Hang on. I'm oh. sorry. What's oh happening? Somebody's trying to power wash the side of the outside my the house. Right <laughs> Hang on. Live looking. Yeah. Like, yeah. This is uh, breaking news. So what do you want to talk about while Lex isn't listening? Well, I want to ask us a question that we can also talk about, but, you know, we got a new stadium with a brand new spanking name and Lex's former hometown stopping grounds. Okay. Although I wonder if Lex thinks that this is interrupting us because I couldn't hear it. Sorry. Where, did I'm you, back. did you put a stop to it because you thought that yeah, it was interrupting the show? Rack. My finish. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> don't be in stop. I was going to clothesline him. He ran off. As, as one should. Yeah. Smart move. <laughs> I'm kidding, of course. Jonah, what, what was it you said? Well, you I, were... I was going to ask Lex, if you, did you ever get to play football at the stadium in Orchard Park in high school or college or in any of those years? No, but I was at the very first game there preseason. I still have the coin, commemorative coin from Rich Stadium, which I still call it. And I went there with my big brother. He used to take me to games even down at the old rock pile. And uh, when I was a little kid, and uh, I went to the first game at Rich Stadium. And, man, the crowd was so pumped. We were – oh, that place was rocking. And we did the kickoff to the Washington Redskins, and they returned it for a touchdown. The whole place went dead silent. What do you think of the news? <laughs> it was game? unbelievable. I'll never forget that. First play of the first game ever in their preseason. And – and the Washington Redskins ran it back for a touchdown to kick off return. <laughs> I, I heard the I heard a, us Bills fans started grumbling behind me that the adults are like, same old Bills, new stadium, same old Bills. I was like, oh my gosh. I never heard a stadium go from so loud or anyone I've been in since so loud to so so quiet in a, in a, in a matter of about 10 or 11 seconds in all my life. It was crazy. I'll never forget that. Part of being a Bills fan, right? And they were the same old Bills for another 20 years. <laughs> Come on, Tim. What yeah. about your Browns? Give me a break. OJ was fun. Hey, well, oh no, no. I'm not uh yeah. They're not my they're not my Browns anymore. If had they won, maybe they'd, maybe they'd still be my Browns, but they were easy to kick aside for me. Uh, yeah, I, I was easy. It was very easy for me to get that journalistic objectivity when I don't have a team to root for. And the Browns made it very easy for me to disavow. They moved the That's ball right. to and they came back and uh, weren't good. Um, but I think, Jonah, you had a follow-up question? Well, are you a fan of the new name, Highmark Stadium? Wow. I saw a posting said that the reverie of the Bills fans afterwards, if they have to type in the whole name, Highmark Blue Cross Blue Shield Stadium, uh, to get a Lyft or an Uber ride safely home, they might struggle with that. Uh, <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. It's Highmark Stadium. I guess that's not, that's not, I mean, I guess I, 
I mean, I still want to call it Rich Stadium. I'm I'm so old school, but um, I didn't like I didn't like the new era cap the cap thing. I wasn't that I wasn't thrilled with that. I didn't dislike it, but I wasn't thrilled with it. So uh, I guess I can Highmark Stadium to leave all the other extended, which is I guess one of the reasons they pay all that money. They want the Highmark Blue Cross Blue Shield in there, but That's a mouthful. Uh, Highmark Highmark Stadium is that ain't bad. Lex, I'm, you're not I'm thrilled okay with it. What do you guys think? Well, you, I, I want to make a point. Down. I want to make a point that you're not thrilled with the uh, New Era cap uh, as the stadium name, but you are currently wearing a New Era cap. Oh, I love like their caps. <laughs> I just I'm old school. I like I, I like Bill Stadium or Rich Stadium. I didn't mind Rich because I'm that was the original name. But yeah, what are you guys? Are you guys? Come on, you guys commit. I'm 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 like not thumbs up, thumbs down. I'm kind of lukewarm on the name what do you guys think thumbs up thumbs down well i'm with you too many name changes have kind of <laughs> ruined it there's almost no meaning to what it's named and i think they should go back to erie county stadium that's who owns it oh okay it's not bad i, I can live with that the they fact that it much was... money out of, they wouldn't get much money out of erie county yeah. though well i'm not getting any money I don't think phone cars will give us any money for that the the name Bills Stadium was so awkward to write. So for me or all the, the other three of us here are we are in the writing form of journalism. And to talk about the Bills game at Bills Stadium was really strange. So I got in the habit of calling it anything but I would just say in Orchard Park or whatever, uh, in suburban Buffalo, depending on who the audience was I was writing for, I, I stopped calling it the stadium name, and I'll probably continue to do that. And I try to do that as much as I can. I call it the Meadowlands instead of MetLife Stadium or the different uh, places that might be in a, in a neighborhood. I will use the neighborhood instead of whatever. I call it Mile High Stadium still, even though it's in Vesco Field or whatever it was. I call it the Superdome. I, I'll never call it Mercedes-Benz superdome it's just the superdome um so yeah i'll probably not call it high mark blue cross blue rent blue blue energy blue balls blue balls stadium <laughs> you're not gonna cave to the corporate the corporate uh overlays. right yeah that's too long it makes my sentences too long um it's a mouthful it's be. a mouthful for sure we had the ralph we had the cap is it the mark? The, the new, it was the new, Matthew. New. It was not the cap. It was the new. The high mark sounds like a hotel, like the Adams mark. It does. I thought the same thing. Well, it kind of sounds like a, like a fancy hotel, but I, I guess we can live with it. <laughs> I had to look up what it that's was. Good. So I guess that that's good for, it's maybe a smart investment for high mark that if they want recognition or brand recognition, I had no idea what high mark was until I, Google. Well, it is. It was good in that respect because they recently merged with Blue Cross Blue Shield. I only knew that because my wife works there, but um, people probably didn't know that. So they're getting their their visibility out there. So yeah, we have a ballpark in Atlanta. Was it was SunTrust, a big bank down here in the South, and they renamed it Truist. Everybody's like, "What? Truist?" Uh, park and everybody's like that is crazy and they change all the signs like instantly it's, it's interesting watching these corporations get the name they don't waste any time which i don't blame them but truest everybody's like that's awful it was it was uh it's we know we get we get a certain uh affinity for certain names for our, sta our stadiums because we hold 
our sports so dear to our hearts. And it's funny when the names change, it's something kind of unusual. The response is you get some funny stuff. Yeah, you wonder about the actual value too, right? I think we've talked about this on here before maybe um, when everything happened with, with New Era, but like the actual value of it is always interesting to me. You hear about how much companies pay for a Super Bowl commercial or for everything else, like the amount of money you've got to pay to put your name on a stadium. How do you even measure if it converts to? Well, I'm sure you know, they have all these investment math mathematicians do the ROI on that. So I'm not an expert on any of that stuff. They, I'm sure they I'm sure they they work up some figures before they commit. I'm sure, but yeah, it's def, I think it's definitely a gamble. What if the team does awful? What if whatever? Right. That didn't work out for New Era. Kind of hard to plug in the figures and uh, have them. Uh, they're not etched in stone for sure. It's a risk for sure. Lex, you mentioned earlier about how people like to remember things as it was when they were growing up or in their prime. And I think this is another example of it here, too, talking about it's always Rich Stadium to you um, or the Ralph or whatever to other people. Yeah. And I'm making a stretch here. uh, But you mentioned that before and you were using it in terms of how we remember our wrestlers or our our heroes. And I wanted... uh, to follow up on that in that, and it's no secret that when people see you today, you are probably vastly different than most of, oh, okay, no, you, but you're muted. Your mute, your mute kicked on. Can you unmute him? No, I think right. there he is. Here okay. Technical, damn this technology. Um, so I, the, you look a lot different than you did as a wrestler. It's streamlined re- and redefined. It's my disguise. <laughs> That's right. And uh, this this new Lex, um, in 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 body and in mind. Um, what? do people think when they meet you as opposed to the guy who was on the cover of pro wrestling illustrated 19 times and you do a, an event? Um, what is that? What do you think that's like for the fan? And what is that like for you to kind of introduce them or to say, this is, this is the new Lex Luger. And for those who are listening, maybe you listen to the podcast and you're not into professional wrestling, Lex Luger, um, many years ago had a condition. It was considered, considered a, um, a spinal stroke it's called, right. Uh, or it's, no, it was a spinal cord injury, but yeah. A, okay. A, a serious spinal cord injury. And, a spinal and cord injury. And he was paralyzed from the neck down for a long time and is no longer, I mean, he can walk now and stands and he's lost a lot of weight and he looks quite different. He's certainly not the narcissist anymore. Um, but, um, so anyway, that, what's what's that like? Because I'm sure the other wrestlers show up, they still look like they can maybe go uh, ten minutes in the ring. Some probably look like they can go ten seconds in the ring. Um, but uh, what's it like for you? Well, I save I saved a lot of money on custom clothing when I got rid of that muscle suit. That's for sure. That's the first thing that pops into my head. It's a good question. Um, so I can buy clothes off the rack now. That was that was like the first time I got a sports coat and a fit off the rack. Uh, after my injury, I was so excited. My sister was with me, and I was like, it was like unbelievable to buy a, 
to be able to buy a piece of clothing in a, a regular store. Um, so that was pretty cool. Um, it could be interesting. It's mixed reactions. Most of the fans, they love you and know that wrestling is, even though it's, it's predetermined outcomes, it can be very hard on the body. And they know that they, they, they're like respectful and, Hey, we know you put it out there for us for a lot of years. And, and, uh, man, uh, we, we, they love you. They love to see you and get a, a photo with you. Um, so I really, uh, since I lost the muscle suit, the response for the fans and it really, like when you're 270 pounds with like 4% body fat, you can't go anywhere. You don't know who you are. They want, they think you must be somebody. So you can kind of move around a little bit, a little more anonymity. So uh, there's a lot of perks to losing that hundred pounds of muscle from my spinal cord injury. Uh, I miss pumping heavy iron at the gym. I did enjoy doing that. I still go to the gym and do, do my little, little lightweight stuff now, but um, still I'm glad I can do it. I'm thankful for that, but um, I haven't noticed anything enormous out of it. I think it's my big, uh, my, my uh, voice and my big German schnoz. People tell me that I'm still very recognizable to them once they hear my voice or I joke around with them and go, man, you look a lot like Lex Luger. And I get to pull their leg up and go, well, I'm actually his, his, his little brother. They go, are you really? I mean, yeah, we look a lot alike, don't we? So I, I've had a lot of fun with it, actually. And so do so the fans. So I haven't really seen any, any real negatives out of it uh, as far as fan interaction or, or for myself. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm thankful I can do what I do. My, I wasn't supposed to be able to, like you said, stand or walk or do anything from a spinal cord. I'm like in a 1% category that ever gets the kind of uh, ability to do what I can do neurologically. So... I mean, I'm just, I'm thrilled that I can live independently and do what I do. So. Uh, it's the type of um, contra, not a, yeah, I guess a contradiction is the right word uh, that makes you think, you know, it's not necessarily a positive or a negative, but when people meet you, they see that you've gone through a transformation and all of the, and it's representative too, because they see, they might, you know, you do still use a wheelchair um, you still look so much different that I think people know that you've been through a lot. And did you freeze up on me, Lex? That Either way. that or I, maybe that's a stare down. I think that might have been uh, you shooting daggers at me, I think. Um, say that one more time. Lex, you froze that time, but it was, it was, uh, it was you just staring at me and it was getting uncomfortable. <laughs> well, I, I, my connection with you goes out in and out a little bit. I'm sorry. No, what, no, that's all right. I, got, all right. I caught most of that. I was just saying that when people that. see you, it's, you can't, it's undeniable that you've gone through a transformation and oh, yeah. that you've been through a lot. And that I yeah. think it, that, that it just gives you a reason to contemplate, whether it be the fact that wrestling is a hard life uh, or that this, this person has, has endured. You know, it's part of it really is, uh, we all go through adverse life. Some of us, it's physical. I had a job that a lot of us go through physical adversity later on in life. Um, whether it's it's people who, uh, in their job or what they do, or financially or relationship wise, they go through. They lose. They lose family, loved ones. We all go through adversity in life. And I think the big part for me is that um, the attitude I, I I have now is that. 
we all go through stuff, but we have a choice. One of my mentors says, Lexus, it's, it's not how the wind blows. It's, it's a set of your sail. The term is like, so I think when people, if they're uncomfortable with my new look, so to speak, and they want, wish the old Lexus there, once they, we interact with each other, when they see you're cool with it and that you have a positive attitude and that you're not uh, lamenting that the old Lex and the mustard isn't there anymore, uh, we get usually are able to work through that pretty, pretty uh, quickly. And it's actually turns out to be a, I think even a better experience. And it's, a lot of times it's an encouragement to them for maybe they're having struggles in their life. Well, Lex can used to look like that. And he's, he's in a, he's uh, in good spirits the way he looks now, man, what, why, why am I having a pity party for what I'm going through? So for me, because part of what I do now is I'm an encourager for, I like to be an encouragement to others. That's, I kind of, it's almost a calling card for me. You know, I, there, that, yeah, I was that, but now I'm this and I, you know what? I'm, I'm having a good, I have a good quality of life. I'm very thankful. What did you do with all those old four horsemen suits? Cause I'm not sure there's too many people that could fit into them. I have auctioned for charity. Charities call all the time for athletes, celebrities for stuff. I have auctioned off suits that I signed inside the lapel. I have, I have auctioned for charity off every knee pad, every boot. People ask me for stuff. They go, man, I'm out. I was out like five years ago. You all call me. I go, I wish I could. I, I'll, sign, I'll sign some stuff for you. If you or if you send it to me, I, I go, I don't have any stuff left. All my old clothes, all my old wrestling gear, it's gone. It's, it's, uh, so, yeah. So auction it off for a good cause to answer that question. Lex, I don't ask for things often, but if I could get you to sign that white rooster, if you could bring that back. <laughs> it's not my rooster. I'll have to negotiate oh, for you. Oh, okay. I'll Understood. negotiate on it. Understood. Yeah. Um, I wanted, to, I wanted to bring this up, uh, Lex, and maybe I should have asked you uh, ahead of time, but I think you, you know that when I ask you questions, it comes from a place of respect. And uh, uh, I, I, wanted, I haven't had a chance really to, to talk to you about this since I wrote my story about you. Um, and I, and I'm, I'm guessing it has to have come up in the documentary that is, uh, that, that's to be released. Um, the Death of Miss Elizabeth. Um, at your place in Atlanta. Uh, a lot of people look at that and maybe that's a reason why people like to say, well, maybe that's, maybe that's why uh, Lex Luger isn't in the hall of fame. Um, but you, I mean, that's legitimate, Tim. I mean, but the baseball hall of fame now from the drug era and everything. Yeah. That's off the field or out of the ring criteria could be a determinant factor for sure. Definitely. Right. Well, the reason I bring it up isn't, I mentioned the hall of fame is an aside. Um, and I'm, I guess I'm trying to muddle my way through this, but and you made a joke earlier Just about how thorough out, I was in my story. Uh, my, my story was so thorough. Um, but in that story, I talked to two of Elizabeth Hewlett's brothers mm. who've never been interviewed before. And in that article, they absolve you. They say that you, it wasn't your fault, that it's the lifestyle, the, all these things. And Lanny Poffo Randy Macho Man Savage's brother also said that it's silly to think that you have any weight on your shoulders for this and that Randy didn't blame you for that. So what was it like to see those comments in which these people said that kind of say it's okay, that it's time to, that 
it's time to heal. A couple of things on that come to mind when you ask me that. Number one, if they've worked their way through where they're okay, now after a tragedy like that, losing someone, a loved one at such a young age, uh, from an overdose like that, um, I'm, I'm thrilled for them. And it's kind of them to say, and I, I don't let myself off the hook. The old Lex, as you know, uh, you know I, 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 I had to work my way through all that too, that I, I've been forgiven, you know, my faith as, as a person of faith that I've, I've been forgiven at the cross and I had to forgive myself for a lot of my past. I struggled with a lot of that for a while. And because um, uh, what's the old saying? Unforgiveness is kind of like dr drinking a, a poison and then hoping the other person dies, you know? I mean, uh, it's kind of one of those unforgiveness can be a horrible thing to hold on to. And um, I'm glad if they, of the sentiments that they expressed. And I'm, it was very nice that you did that. Um, I had not heard from them before. Um, but I, I don't let myself up that the old Lex, who I was back then, uh, I lived a very uh, self-destructive lifestyle with drugs and alcohol and, and partying. And those closest to us normally get hurt the worst and the collateral damage can be catastrophic, which it was in her case. So I don't absolve myself from any blame. Uh, there's my sister calling in again. Am I back? Yeah, you're here. Sorry. Maybe that's um, a maybe that's an omen of some kind. She's telling you to stop talking. <laughs> no, I mean, no, I'm comfortable with it. Uh, talking about it. I know um, you are, which is why it, I asked. It was a I, real. It was, yeah. it was obviously a real tragedy, and um, it was. Uh, but definitely uh, my lifestyle at the time had a profound influence on her. And I don't, I don't take, like I'm totally absolved from what happened with her in the overdose. Um, but, Cause we were doing the same things and we're doing it together, making bad choices. So did she make those choices voluntarily? Yes, I didn't force her to, but I definitely had a, a negative influence on her and others around me, a bunch of my friends that I partied with back then. They're not here anymore. They died of overdoses. Wrestlers are one of the highest of in the entertainment and sports industry that died at early age. It's gotten better, thankfully, and they've done a great job with that. Uh, most of the worst addictions now for the new generation are as gaming rather than drugs and alcohol, which I think is great. But um, I, uh, yeah, my era was work hard, play hard. And it had a lot of collateral damage, and I, I was a part of that. So I don't totally absolve myself from that or. Or in the case with Elizabeth, I definitely, there's blame blame to be passed around. I, I should have a share of that for sure. To see their comments, do you believe that that's about as close to closure as you're going to get? I got the impression that they didn't, they wouldn't have talked to you or they wouldn't have reached out to you and maybe they would in time. They're, they're still young guys like us, Lex. Um, yeah, I mean, it, I mean, I don't know what you mean by closure. Um, that the idea always, that you've heard from our, our them. Our past is our past. Yeah, you know, just saying that, uh, and our present is our present, and our future is our future. I mean, um, I've been able to to move forward. I, I had I had regrets, obviously things I would have done differently back then. I can't go back and change it, but I'm interested. Lex, you you went through a lot of stuff, with, and a lot of stuff happened. To others, and you got to let go of that. You've been forgiven. God's forgiven you. Now you got to forgive yourself, or else you'll be useless from here on out moving forward. You got you got to let go of it. You got to forgive yourself. So um, that was big for me to let go of all that. So I guess you say, do I feel absolved? I don't know. That's up to others to have their own opinions on 
so I don't know if I feel absolved, but I've been able to uh, move forward from who I was to who I am now and try to do positive things and, and good things with my life, with, with my family and friends and with others that I interact with now to the best of my ability. So um, that's kind of where, where I'm at on that. Yeah, still I just sad, got, but still very sad and tragic what happened, obviously. I just got the impression that her brothers would have no interest in just picking up the phone and, and talking to Lex Luger. And it took some tracking. I had to really track these guys down. And number one, they weren't easy to find, right. uh, but they were willing to talk. And I found them very gracious. And I thought that their comments in there were also um, were, were gracious in that, you know, they they uh, they weren't uh, holding a grudge. And I just thought that you as, as a human being probably at least would on occasion wonder what her family is up to or what they think or, or how they're doing. Oh, no doubt. And that was, uh, the, the comments were nice. They was, you said they were very gracious and I was uh, very appreciative of that, of them saying that for sure. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Definitely a positive thing. What do you think the greatest the greatest, well, I'll just use the word that you just used. The greatest positive has come from this second life that Lex Luger, that Larry Fole has lived. Oh, it, the, the first thing that pops in mind is a piece that's called, we call it a piece that surpasses understanding. Um, to understand that we have, there is eternity. We're only here for basically a small grain of sand in time. And that uh, to know my final destination now is secure do what Christ with Easter coming up this weekend to Christ did at the cross and knowing that I know that I know I had a peace immediately uh, that I no longer had to be in charge because when I was in charge of my life, it was a train wreck behind the scenes. So now I know when I turned that over to Christ, to God, what a relief, number one. And there was a peace that came over me now. And I know now that's the Holy Spirit that we receive when we're saved. So my gosh, uh, to have that, my eternal security, a free gift that we can't work towards, we can't earn it. It's just a precious free gift that was done at the cross. And to accept that gift and what the impact that's had on my life for eternity, I, you can't even put that into words. And then it gives you a, a, a new purpose to serve others, not myself. I, I was so sick of trying to figure everything out for, for me, myself, and I to have now to, to want to uh, serve God and to serve others rather than me. And the old saying is much better to give than receive it. Boy, this boy, is that true? I was, cause I was a very selfless, self-serving guy prior, prior to meeting Christ. So, uh, and I can go on and on, uh, but I, it, it's the impact it's had in my life and the focus and purpose for my life, which is him and others rather than me. Whew, what a relief. And, uh, it's been, uh, just, uh, the joy and the peace that's come from that is, uh, really indescribable. It's, it's experiential. You, you can't even describe it unless somebody actually experiences it for themselves. I think it's Sounds significant like to point out too, that uh, for those who aren't familiar with the timeline or the arc of Larry Fole to Lex Luger and Larry Fole again, that you uh, found religion, you found Christ before your spinal infarction. And the discussions that, yes, I mean, can you maybe just, if you could make a point, because I think it's an important point of 
have, having had that experience uh, with God before the narcissist lost his ability to walk? Uh, comparing, I'm not sure what you're asking. That, had, that you had that to, to rely upon, that you had that, that internal uh, fortitude or you had that peace before uh, all this extra chaos came on and the darkness that I'm sure would have. Yeah, with the spinal cord injury. Yeah, April 23rd, 06 was the day that I met Jesus and like a road to Damascus experience, like Saul to Paul, Apostle Paul. Um, a year and a half later, the spinal cord injury. Most of my friends have told me, uh, staying a lot of my closest friends, I couldn't imagine the old Lex Luger, if you'd had a spinal cord injury, you wouldn't have survived it, meaning they, they don't think I, I would have still be here. Uh, that, that, that I wouldn't have been able to handle it. The, there's a saying that I love, a quote, um, on Christ the solid rock I stand, all the ground is sinking sand. Man, I, I hate to think if I'd still been on the sinking sand, I don't think the old ex would have handled uh, a spinal cord injury and losing uh, the muscle suit very good. So God- Sting flatly I, said that he thought you would have killed yourself. No doubt. Yeah, a lot of people think that because I was so literally narcissistic that I was all about the gym and my body and that was who I was. My identity was tied through who I was on the outside, not on the inside. So I don't think it would have been pretty. I don't know if I would have survived. I, I don't disagree with what Sting said at all. And uh, to know it really was, it drew me closer to God because he walks us through these things. Um, and I was like, God, I don't know how to live this way. So if either bring me home or teach me how to live like this. And man, it drew me closer to him. And, and, I, and other people told me it was encouraging to them to see the way really it's got God. It's because of God. But how I responded to that is encouraging to others that, well, if less can go through that, I can go through the things that I may struggle, struggle with. So, you know, it can be used in a positive way. And uh, so, yeah, it was an uh, interesting, interesting question. That's a good question, for sure. No, it's a powerful story. And uh, one that, even though it's been told, uh, should be told over and over again with occasional updates. Uh, yeah, especially so, Easter week, right? My gosh. He I didn't even think of that. Sunday, right? So, my gosh. Talk I didn't even think of that. Timing, Tim. It right? is Holy Week. It is. Did Mom uh, get her palms on Sunday? <laughs> I didn't take them over there on Sunday. I should have. That would have been a good idea. For I took shame. her a couple of roosters. Or <laughs> well, a couple of those tail feathers off. Mom, my mom loves roosters, by the way. And I uh, took her a couple of roosters. I got a big Easter basket for her this Sunday. She's going to get a lot of sugar. From Watson's Chocolates in Buffalo, I had to import the really good chocolatier from Buffalo. Watson's Chocolate in Buffalo is my favorite. Got her sponge candy, all the good stuff from Buffalo. She's going to be pleasantly surprised. All right. So this is, I guess, me not being the native Western New Yorker. I don't know Watson's. You know, I know. Oh, all the man. Where is it? You got to try Watson's sponge candy. They have a, a thicker coating. I think it's the best sponge candy in Western New York. Watson's. Try it. Where is oh, it? It comes in a beautiful green and box with gold uh, lettering. Oh, my gosh. It's so good. Main where, Street. Where is it? There's one on Main Street by UB South, I think. There might be more than one location. Oh, there's okay. one right on Transit Road, down from uh, Grover's, which has one of the best fish fries around, by the way, on Transit Road. Grover's is a great spot. 
Um, well, Watson's I, is right down the street from there. They got a uh, location there. I will say though, Lex, if I go to Watson's, it will not be for the sponge candy. I know this is a controversial take, but I find it disgusting. Wow. <laughs> that chocolate mixed with the, everybody down here that tries Whatever that stuff it. is that is considered the sponge part of it, I can't, I don't want, no. Wow. I'm sorry to hear that, Tim. You've, you've, maybe, I got a res- I love you, got a lot of respect for you. You've come Tim's down a picky eater. I'm not, comes, it's going to take me a while to get over that. Now comes the fake sister calling in, and you're just going to disconnect. <laughs> no, I wouldn't do that. Tim, My power God. wash guy came back. We got we to gotta go. Man. Um, Lex, is there anything else you want to mention that we didn't talk about? We covered a lot of ground, as we always do. I, I, you're on here for an hour and 20 minutes almost. Oh, my gosh. This is like uh, – How long is your show? Well, it's as long as I want it to be. It's as long as oh Lex Luger oh, wants to talk. to you. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, no, um, I, I, I'm honored and privileged to have been on this long with Tim and friends and the, and the ride-ranging topics. We covered a lot. It's been fun. I appreciate it. Thank you. No, Watson's, Grover's. Yeah. And then the meetings the at Panera. You That's know, right. I always found it interesting. All the meetings we had at Panera, nobody ever did recognize you there. I always thought that was amazing. I thought for sure we'd get interrupted a handful of times. Well, but it's, you're one, Lex Luger's little brother, though. Yeah, that's true. Number one, is so I'm not as recognizable for sure. Number two, we always pick a table a little bit out of the way. Number three, I'm, I'm, I'm old hat in there. They, we have a men's Bible study group there every Friday morning. Everybody in there, I'm in there all the time. So I'm like, I'm like a regular. That's true. If they, if, if they thought I was a big star wrestler or something, they're over it. And you were probably just as surprised that they never came over to ask for my autograph. I was. I mean, you know, you're 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 like, you're like, you're big, Tim. You're yeah, on the scale of celebrities <laughs> in Buffalo. You're you're had a little trouble coming up with a word there. I'm like something. <laughs> I'm like something. I get it. Oh my gosh. Well, this has been fun, Lex. Uh, thanks, thanks for uh, thanks, thanks for guys. sharing your story with us as you always Absolutely. do. So, and again, I used the word before gracious. Uh, in that, and I think it's really amazing, not only your story, because I think people can live your story, um, even as unique as it is. I mean, there are people who've been through similar things, but to have the graciousness to talk about it and to be as open and transparent about it as you are is critical to making it count. Because if you don't do it that way, then then you're not a, then, then you're not able to share share and, and help people learn and understand. Well, one of my mentors said, Lex, we either get when we have adversity, we either get bitter or better, and we either let it allow it to be a bridge or a burden. So I like to get better and use it as a bridge to help others. So thank you, Tim. I appreciate that. I appreciate you guys. You guys having me on, and I'll end it with my my go bills, and uh, like we all do. So. Thanks so much, guys. And Enjoy I'll talking uh, with you. I'll end it by saying thank you to Larry Fole for joining Thanks, us here Tim. for an hour and twenty. All right. Is that some kind of record? You know, if we, it probably is here not. Comes my competitive oh, for an interview. Now. I'll ask Jonah and Matthew. Oh, right close. For an interview, yeah, uh-huh. I think so. We've had shows go longer than this. But it's always broken up with other things. But yeah, this is this has got to be close. I hope we didn't put him, we don't put him to sleep. But thank you.
Uh, I'm going to put it in the media guide in the Tim Graham and friends brought to you by CTBK media guide. This will go down as number one longest interview. I think I he like Lex had you. one of our longest interviews on the radio too. multiple segments when we did that a few years back. Nice. He's, the guy likes to talk. He's he, he, there. He's an open book. He's in the Tim Graham show hall of fame. Yeah, right. Ah, he, he doesn't like need to be in the WWE Hall of Fame. He's in the Tim That's Graham right. Hall of Fame. Back home where it counts. <laughs> Thank you, Larry. Yeah, we got to get him Thanks, in the guys. Buffalo Hall of Fame. Greater Buffalo. Maybe oh, we... wait. Greater Ooh. Buffalo Hall of Fame. Yeah, you should be in that. That's a slam dunk, right? Someday, maybe, you know. Maybe Mick Foley can help us with that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll have to go get a tuxedo all these Hall of Fames I'm going to have to do. But you can buy I it can off buy, the rack. I can buy one off the rack now. Yeah. <laughs> right. Thank you, Larry. Thanks, guys. Appreciate y'all. Have a great day. Tim Graham and Friends is brought to you by CTBK, CPAs and business consultants. CTBK is a leading accounting firm with a growing team of accountants and business consultants with roots in Amherst, New York. CTBK pairs every project with a focus on a human connection between its team and the client for assurance, accounting, taxes, litigation support, and advice on mergers and acquisitions, CTBK is available and ready to solve any issue your business faces. For a consultation or to request a quote, call 716-630-2400. Again, that's 716-630-2400. CTBK, over a quarter century of proven accounting and business excellence for Western New York and beyond.